0: Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva
1: presentations at canva.com, designed for work. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet,
0: Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing TV spying on us, the student loan freeze extension, and GameStop won't stop.
1: Uh, can't stop game stop won't stop <laughs> a little tongue twister Uh, We are going to get to that story. I'm sure a lot of folks have seen GameStop in the headlines. Uh, It doesn't directly pertain to our personal finances, but it's been so prominent. And it's such a good example of, little spoiler alert, what not to do, (laughs) (laughs) that we've got to cover it. But yeah, this episode uh, is a Friday flight episode, which means we're going to cover a lot of great stories that we saw this week and how they specifically pertain to your personal finances. Joel, before we dive into all that, I actually got a text from my wife right before we sat down here. And she said that your wife, Emily, is going to Costco right now. And, uh, and she was checking in to see if there's anything that we needed so <laughs> just a quick little thanks to you and your family for being our costco mules uh, <laughs> i guess as you haul any goods that you may bring back you know from the suburbs uh, back down to our neighborhood down here
0: anytime buddy we're glad to do it for you there's
1: uh there's nothing i actually need right now i was like nope there's nothing i need but y'all occasionally y'all do pick stuff up for us and actually
0: uh, seaweed last time i went you guys love oh, the giant seaweed packages oh yeah something? yeah you get those massive packs and you actually brought that over
1: you biked it over did you just have that under your arm i did like matt what is it like a 12 18 <laughs> pack of uh, it's something like that <laughs> it's kirkland huge.
0: signature seaweed can't fit it in my fanny pack you no know.
1: yeah exactly uh, how about a quick little uh, kirkland signature scotch update you remember of uh, several i don't know maybe a couple months ago i mentioned how i picked up a bottle of blended kirkland signature scotch and I wanted to report back, let people know what I thought. But unfortunately, I don't dig it. I'm not a huge fan. You know, I'm a fan of scotch. And right? was this Kirkland
0: Signature branded scotch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's Kirkland Signature.
1: So. And the reason I had a pounce was because of the price, dude. It was too good to pass up. When I saw it, I was like, no way. Like, never before have I ever been able to buy that much scotch. It was like a handle uh, <laughs> for like less than 20 bucks. I was okay. like, that's a deal. So
0: is this, uh, this is cheap, not frugal, then, uh, right? So
1: Yeah, so if this is a frugal or cheap, then I would say that I kind of cheaped out, because well, for me, I'm a, I'm a Costco noob, right? You're more experienced, and you would have walked right on past that, but, but because there was such a large quantity for such a low price, I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> I understand why people walk out of there with uh, so much stuff in their cart <laughs> that
0: they weren't expecting to spend. I will say, there is booze that you can make that's cheap enough that I will not buy it. <laughs> and that is and a lot of booze fits that category, man. Um, just uh, the, the cheapest stuff out there seems to seems to taste the worst and (laughs) seems to have the worst effects on you the next day too.
1: Yeah, that is true. And so I guess what I'm saying then is don't cheap out. Don't be like me. But I kind of just pounced as a spur of the moment purchase. I don't want to say I regret it because now I know better. But just a
0: quick word to the wise out there. Yeah. Do your due diligence. (laughs) and I I agree, man. That's a great thing is um, the internet out there. You can totally look up reviews like I saw that Costco had I forget if it was a twenty-two or a twenty-five-year-old single malt Scotch, at like eighty-five bucks a bottle. And just to read the reviews out there, it just helped me to know whether or not that's something I want in my life. And I can never bring myself to spend like more than fifty bucks on a bottle of anything. In my brain, I keep telling myself that you know, when I hit a certain accomplishment at work, or if some extra money randomly shows up in my life, I'm gonna treat myself every like you know one of these days to a nicer bottle of bourbon or scotch. And I never can make it happen, man. I never can pull the trigger. I just I just have this like artificial price There's point that barrier. I can't go beyond. You're yeah, like, That's
1: not my style. I can't <laughs> spend that much on a single bottle of anything. It's like I'm not me if I do it. Right. <laughs> anymore. Hey, that's fine. I I appreciate you being true to yourself. I was being true to you as well by buying <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest stuff out there.
0: But in this case I struck out, so yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll make sure to avoid that bottle in the future, too. Most definitely. All right. Well, uh, let's get on to the Friday flight. A quick sampling of stories we found interesting this week. There's a bunch of stuff in the news, Matt. But there's one website that you stumbled on this week that's going to help people for free when they want to work out. And we talked uh, about me being able to source some dumbbells from Walmart last week. We that's had some right. other listeners kind of reaching out on Facebook and via email, letting us know where where they've been able to find cheap dumbbells or make their own, right? Uh, one of our listeners was talking about how they made. Their own dumbbells, and yeah, she made her own kettlebell
1: basically out of like a bag of sand and duct tape. <laughs> Which I was like, that is that's pretty hardcore, that's pretty it awesome. It is, yeah. Uh, but since then, yeah, since last week, we came across this amazing resource of a website called Derby. I guess that's how you say it, it's D A R E B E E, right? So Dare B. Um and over there, man, they have a ton of different uh, specific workouts that you can try, like fitness challenges, uh, and even like meal plans and recipes too. So uh, if you're looking to get in shape on the cheap at home with minimal equipment, uh, then we would totally recommend you to check out darebe.com. They've even got like daily workouts on there as well, and so uh, just the ability to kind of just hop on there, see what they're telling you to do, do it, work it out, it helps you to keep things fresh. You know, you're not doing the same workout all the time. Joel, you
0: might even. Uh, Forgo Beach Body Mommy. Bikini body, Bikini, whatever. Come on. (laughs) No, I'm never letting go of that one. That's the best workout out there. If that works for you, man, do it. (laughs) I do that with my wife. UBU. Trying to support her in that way. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Maybe I'll start my own someday called Speedo Body Daddy. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I'm not going to commit to that, though. But no, yeah. yeah. Check the URL. I I checked out Derby, though, man. It does look awesome. And it kind of reminds me like when I used to go to the Y, they used to have the workout uh, charts of how you perform certain workouts up on the wall. And Derby's like that on your computer screen, which is kind of cool. You can check out a bunch of different workouts there. It's user supported. There's no ads on it. So um, super cool site. We'll link to that in the show notes. Totally. All right. Let's talk about student loans, Matt. This is something that's on everybody's mind right now. And in uh, non-personal finance news, I hear that we got a new president. Is that right? Last week. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah. So, so that's definitely news. But when it comes to personal finance news, our new president, President Biden, signed a bunch of executive orders uh, on his first day in office. One of those, which pertains to everybody out there with student loans, which is a lot of our listeners. And there won't be any student student loan payments through the end of September this year. All right. I know people with student loans greatly rejoicing right now. Yeah. The, The previous student loan freeze was set to expire by the end of January. But this extension ensures that Americans with federal student loans will be able to continue to punt on their payments without accruing more interest on those loans into the fall. No payments happening until October.
1: Yeah. And by then, too, hopefully we'll have some sort of some sense of normalcy, right? Like, certainly, right by then? like <laughs> I, COVID I so. will kind of be in the rear, rear view mirror. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully we'll
0: be out of the woods in a lot of those ways. And, yeah. and, and payments actually will resume, in large part because our economy will have become normalized in, in most ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and since then too, since that executive order, the uh, Department of Education, they confirmed that that freeze will continue to qualify borrowers for student loan forgiveness programs like uh, Public Service Loan Forgiveness, which is the uh, PSLF program. That's uh, definitely some relief to student loan borrowers out there, you still will get credit, you know, towards these programs, even though you're not making payments currently during this freeze.
0: Yeah, I feel like PSLF borrowers are making out like bandits. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because it
1: still counts to those 10
0: years. Yeah, it's it's amazing. When you think about it, ultimately, like 15% of the time they would have to be paying on their student loans has been cut to zero, but that still counts towards PSLF. Because a year and a half out of 10 years, man, that's that's pretty slick. (laughs) So good for our friends out there uh, who are working in public service. They are receiving a massive benefit from the pandemic and the ways that that our government is responding. I will say, too, Matt, my guess is that this will be the last deferral on student loan payments. I don't see that happening again at, at some point this fall to extend it even further, although that remains to be seen. It could happen again. As it could, the, but we're hoping it doesn't. Yeah, Because yeah. that would mean
1: that things are still
0: not you know like they're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. So for How to Money listeners, I would say, too, you can use this time of no payments and no interest to achieve other financial goals that you have and use the money that you would have otherwise uh, spent paying down your student loans to uh, create a more solid emergency fund or to put more money into your 401k or roth ira but also to make sure that you're planning now for payments to resume in october you don't want to pretend that this line item doesn't exist in your budget anymore you don't want to spend this money and then when october rolls around like oh my gosh i'm completely not ready for student loan payments to resume Uh, (laughs) you want to take this time to get prepared and to be accomplishing other things that are on your financial to-do list in the meantime as well most definitely, yeah. And so that's that's great news for college graduates with loans.
1: But a reminder to any current college students out there, if uh, your financial situation has changed, you can appeal your financial aid package with your college, uh, and there could be additional funds for you. This is called uh, a professional judgment. We've talked about this before in the show. But for instance, say you lost your job on campus, uh, you've lost a significant you know portion of your income, the way that you're going to be paying for college. Well, that is going to lead to some significant financial changes Uh, And based on that information, if you can prove that and show that to your financial aid office there at your college, there's a good chance that they can find more aid for you and that they can
0: modify your financial aid package. Yeah. And many people don't know that, Matt, that if their financial situation has changed, that they can essentially ask for a redo from the financial aid department. Yeah. yeah,
1: And once you've done it once, you can't do it again. But but that initial package that you received, uh, you're not locked
0: into that indefinitely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about stimulus funds, Matt. We heard from some listeners asking about stimulus payments coming in the Mail on prepaid debit cards understandably there's some reticence about the legitimacy of getting something like that in the mail you're like hmm is this is this for real or <laughs> is this like a scam someone's trying to get me yeah but it turns out that millions of stimulus payments are coming into people's mailboxes in the form of these prepaid cards these economic impact payments or eip cards are coming in the mail with a department of the treasury seal on them and they have at least 600 bucks on them right depending on whether or not it's you and a partner or you and a partner and kids it could be a whole lot more money than 600 bucks so so do not toss these out. It might look scammy. It might look fake, but it's not. <laughs> it really does look like junk mail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's like,
1: oh, somebody went through a lot of effort even to put the uh, the, the seal on there. Is that is that gold? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fortunately, the money on these cards can be transferred uh, directly to your bank account. So that's good news. You know, so you don't have to use them like a credit card at a store uh, or even get cash out of an ATM with it although you could. But before you actually use it, you'll have to create a PIN, and you can do that at eipcard.com. But beware of the fees associated with these cards, too. These fees aren't all that bad, but you will be charged a fee every time you take money out of an ATM, or if you get a cash withdrawal at at the bank. Uh, Even just checking your balance at the ATM will cost you as well, uh, which is totally lame. (laughs) But again, once you register your card at eipcard.com, you would be able to get on there, log in, and you can check your balance as well as your transaction history for free.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that it looks like they're doubling the number of individuals who are receiving their stimulus money via debit cards. Yeah, compared to the uh, the stimulus payments last year. Yeah, exactly. And, and it kind of makes sense that if the purpose of this money is to stimulate the economy, that you would maybe purposefully deliver funds in a way that makes people feel like they should spend it, yeah. um, like on a prepaid Visa card, right? right. <laughs> oh, I guess I got this piece of plastic in my hand. I, I should swipe it everywhere I go. If you compare that psychologically, there's a big difference, I think, Matt, from stimulus money that's directly deposited into a checking or savings account versus getting a card in the mail right i think it shows that psychology and behavior has to be taken into account and i i sure hope our listeners who are receiving money uh their stimulus funds on a prepaid card that comes in the mail that they are going directly to the the eipcard.com in order to transfer those funds into their bank account and that they're not using it as an excuse to spend yeah uh, just because that's the easiest thing to do with a piece of plastic in your hand. Yeah,
1: I mean, Well, that's what it feels like, right? Like when it's sitting there on a card, it, like in my mind, it almost feels like a gift card. It's like, use it or lose it kind right. of <laughs> kind right. of thing. It's like, who knows how long this will last? Maybe, you know, after two years, the restaurant's going to be like, nope, sorry, like <laughs> th- that program ended. And so the way I think about it, I totally agree, man. Like any money that's deposited directly into my, my checking account, uh, which is, that's how our stimulus payments came in. I feel the the, the need to basically kind of just absorb that into like our overall, you know, giant financial machine, like our personal finance machine, and so it kind of gets It's counted as non-taxable income, and then we kind of put it where it needs to go. Uh, So for some folks, though, that might mean like doing something personally responsible and smart with it, which is like you know paying down debt or or saving towards a bigger goal. But I guess it just kind of it's like a battle between what the government wants us to do with it. Versus whats maybe is the best thing for us to do with it personally, right right and so i I totally agree though I think that is interesting that the that the government you know they they are doubling the number of people who are receiving those cards because maybe that is sort of an effort to see that like oh, if we, we found that the people who received this money on their cards, they, they spent it way more than the individuals who
0: received it you know, straight into their banking accounts. Yeah, I guarantee you, very few people transferred the money uh, from their card into their bank account. A lot of people just started going around spending it, Yeah, uh, online definitely. or in person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. Uh, dude, on, on a similar note, we came across the story of how, not the government here in the U.S., but the government in New Zealand, they were able to vastly improve recycling rates by awarding these shiny gold stars on folks' uh, recycling bins. So basically, if they do a good job like sorting their recycling like they're supposed to, the, uh, they would just slap a gold star on there, <laughs> just like
0: you're in kindergarten. Uh, I was
1: going to say, yeah, it brings me back to kindergarten and first grade. <laughs> It's a. It cost Christchurch. That's the city where they're doing it. It cost them virtually nothing, uh, but it demonstrated how social approval can be a more powerful motivator than money. And so, whether you know you're a government trying to curb, uh, you know, or encourage certain behaviors, like how you go about your business is really important. When it comes to our money, knowing what to do with that money is like only half the battle. It's how we behave and the actual actions that we take. That's what truly determines how well we handle our money, right? And so I think it's just interesting from a psychological
0: standpoint, from a behavioral standpoint, uh, how these changes can affect us as individuals. Yeah, when it comes to money, incentives matter. When it comes to our behavior, incentives matter. And sometimes uh, a, a super tiny reward can have a massive influence on the way we behave. Think about that. like a gold star in your trash can like that that really theoretically it sounds like it shouldn't have that much of of an effect but obviously, it has had an effect yeah. in New Zealand. And it's one of those things, too. I think we can take that and apply it in our own personal financial lives. We don't have to give ourselves major rewards, but maybe a nice beer after doing the right thing with your money can lead to a prolonged success. Like it, it really is sometimes those small rewards that do have a big effect.
1: Yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and talk investing for a minute. On Wednesday, we released an episode that was all about fending off uh, financial FOMO, the fear of missing out. And with a stratospheric rise of the stock
0: of GameStop... Wait, wait. Something, Capo? with gamestop i don't i'm not familiar
1: yeah yeah if you haven't been at all tuned into the news maybe (laughs) you'd be saying that but uh I just wanted to point out, like, I really we couldn't have timed that episode any better. True, <laughs> right? Hopefully, none of our listeners jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, if you haven't heard, there were uh, a bunch of investors on Reddit, um, and they are throwing their collective weight behind GameStop, uh, which is the uh, you know the video game brick and mortar store. And at the time of this recording, it was up seventeen hundred percent since the beginning of this month, which is insane. Uh, who knows, you know,
0: where the roller coaster is by the time this episode airs. Or by the time you even listen to it right yeah on, on thursday it was up and down and up and down and then trading stopped too right uh td ameritrade and Robinhood stopped letting folks on their platforms to trade gamestop stock and uh, that certainly left some investors upset understandably so it's important to point out that this is another example of the latest hot stock that some investors are hoping to make a quick buck on by trying to ride the wave of a massively overvalued stock that is for sure, going to eventually come crashing back down. These are the kind of things, Matt, I think that happened when FOMO takes hold and it's important for us trying to keep level heads, trying to invest for the long term to not buy into this stuff, to not let these headlines and all the news that's happening right now about certain people maybe making a lot of money overnight, make us think that that's the direction we should be headed in. Yeah, definitely. And so if you've kind of been tracking that story a little bit, you probably
1: are thinking, oh yeah, there's a lot of people who, who maybe made a lot of money. But I guarantee you there are way more people who lost a lot of money yeah. as well. And so uh, if you had not listened back to, to Wednesday's episode, that was episode 311, but it was uh, fending off financial FOMO. And, and within that episode, we talked through uh, some different practices to implement in your own life to, uh, to help you to avoid
0: some of that FOMO. So be sure to check that one out. No doubt. All right, well, we got more to get to on this Friday flight, including T B spying on you. And of course, the ludicrous headline of the week. That's next after this break. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated
1: investing and savings app that makes your money hustle.
0: Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, man, we are back, and let's kick it off with our ludicrous headline of the week. And somehow, in week two of this segment, (laughs) the rapper slash actor Chris Bridges, a.k.a. Ludicrous, he made the headlines. (laughs) So it's worth sharing that news story uh, here on our personal finance podcast. Move, Matt. Get out the way. (laughs) Evidently, his car was stolen here in Atlanta while he was taking uh, taking some money out of an ATM. They tracked down the criminals, and they did get all of Luda's, uh, his iPad, and uh, he had a designer bag in there as well. They got it it back to him for a happy ending. He must not listen to the show, though, because, you know, we're not all about having all that bling, all that flash, (laughs) Uh, and also... Don't leave your car running if you're not in it. The way that his car was stolen was that he left his car running. He, I mean, I guess parked, you know, parallel parked at, on the, the side of the road over there. Like they said, it was at 8th and Peachtree here in Atlanta.
0: Okay. Yeah. And he went over, was at the ATM and someone jumped in his car and rode off. So Ooh. don't do that. All right. So uh, I want to say two, one earlier this month, I saw an article in the New York Times saying that a lot more people have been doing that lately, leaving their key fobs in like the cup holder of their car, forgetting that the car is running or forgetting that they just left their key and they're all together. Uh, or or, sh- or claiming that they forget. I think more and more <laughs> folks just with they're the key fob. Yeah, like yeah. They, I mean they're they're leaving them there in the cup
1: holder, they're in the middle or in the console. I mean, in Luda's case, his car was literally running. I bet the door was open
0: too. <laughs> I got to say though, I feel for Luda on this cuz I I did the same thing one time and I got my car stolen. <laughs> I know you remember <laughs> this, Matt. This was a number of years I ago. You're going to share this. <laughs> I'm, Sli- I'm willing. I'm willing to, okay. to Just to make Luda feel different better. circumstances though, because he's a friend of the show, you know. Yeah, and of course, yeah. So when my kids were young, and I had my Nissan Leaf still, we had just been visiting my folks, and you know, we drove home. It was after bedtime. The, the girls were asleep, and my dad had borrowed the car, so we had both of our key fobs with us. I had one in my pocket, and he had put the other in the center console. Yeah. And so uh, I got the girls out of their car seats, and they were asleep. Put them to bed, and I totally forgot. That one of the key fobs was left in the console. And so somebody came by uh, flipping door handles that night. Of course, my car unlocked with a key fob inside because of
1: it. It sensed that the key fob was close by.
0: Yeah. And so, uh boom, my car is gone <laughs> the next morning and I'm freaked out. And it really was this like really interesting saga. Actually, I, I work at a news station and so they did a TV story about it. It was kind of crazy. We should put a link to that video. I'm going to see if I can find it. Because <laughs> it was, y'all did like a sting operation. We did like a sting operation Where, to get because, the car back. Because
1: the dude kept calling you and essentially was like, hey, send me some money and I'll tell you where the car is. I'll give
0: you your car back if you pay me money. Yeah, and and so, the police
1: were like, "Keep stringing them on. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna set up a sting."
0: Yeah, and I actually um, met him face to face. It was, a, it was crazy, man. It was a crazy. It makes you
1: think of that scene in Dumb and Dumber because it's like <laughs> y- you didn't have like a, a, a vest on or anything no. like that. It makes me think of that scene at the end where uh, Harry like, well, "What if they shot you in the face?" <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't think you're about like, that. That's a risk we were willing to take, right? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly how it felt. So I got—I uh, remember thinking that after the fact, and you're like, hmm, I didn't really think about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was running on adrenaline, man, just trying to get the car back. But yeah, we'll, we'll post a uh, link to that. I love it in the in the show notes. I was. G- good good times. Don't be like me or Luda. <laughs> Take your key fob w- with you when you go inside to a store. All right, let's uh, move on though, Matt. Let's talk about televisions. There's a couple things we yeah. wanted to mention with TVs. Right now is actually uh, often the best time of year to find a deal on a TV if you're looking to buy a new one. And if that's the case, I, I recommend sites like Slick deals and DealNews.com. Those are the places that are going to document where where the best deals are uh, at this very minute on televisions. Usually, since we're getting so close to the Super Bowl, that is why the deals are so good. The time of year matters when you're buying certain things, in particular electronics items and TVs. In January, it's like a match made in heaven, man. It's time to do it.
1: Yeah, you got to pay attention to those holidays or cultural events, <laughs> like the Super
0: Bowl. Is the Super Bowl a cultural event in it's the like US? A President's Day mattress sale or something? Yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's weird how certain but, certain things tie together. Certain sales tie together with certain right. holidays. But and,
0: and yes, the Super Bowl is, I would say, a massive cultural and, event.
1: And it, I mean, it makes sense too, right? Obviously, everyone that you sit down, like no, very few folks are going to it, especially this year. Uh, but everyone sits down, they want to watch. The big game on TV, and so or the the ads, (laughs) specifically the ads, yeah. But that brings up a good point too, uh, which is a lot of people are probably wondering uh, how it is that they can watch the Super Bowl this year for free, uh, as a lot of folks are cutting cable. But here's the thing: CBS is broadcasting the Super Bowl, and so as long as you have an over-the-air digital antenna. You can watch the Super Bowl for free, and so you don't have to worry about you know paying some special I don't know like pay per view thing. It's like this is on a standard network. You won't need to pay to to watch the Super Bowl. No streaming required. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, like twenty or thirty bucks, like you can get yourself one of those antennas, get it set up, and you'll be good to go. Uh, if you don't have one of those or or don't want to pay for one of those, you can look into uh, a site like Lowcast. They actually stream over the air channels that you have there within your network or your area over the internet. Uh, It's free, although you've used it before. And is it like every 15 minutes that they like kick you off and they're basically like, hey, give us five bucks. Exactly. (laughs) It feels like extortion uh, with
0: Lowcast. I will say. They take donations. Yes. But but it kind of feels like like a mandatory donation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's like donation. Or uh, else. Strongly suggested. But yeah, if you don't really have much of a need for a digital antenna for any other purpose, doing like a one month donation to Lowcast might not be the worst idea. You You can give them five bucks and then watch the Super Bowl. But just make sure you're not doing a recurring donation yeah (laughs) true true
1: there's one other solid option as well if you want to avoid the uh, digital antenna if you want to avoid low cast you can just download some apps and so cbs sports the nfl
0: app and the yahoo sports app are all places that you can go where you can watch the super bowl for free all right uh let's talk about privacy when it comes to tvs too matt there's a chance that your tv might be spying on what you're doing like a good chance yeah a a very good chance (laughs) And it's a little creepy to think that that's the case i love my roku tv but it sucks to know that they're probably selling ads based on what i'm watching they're not just making money from the sale of the device and this is kind of what some of the stories that have come out in recent weeks and even in in the past couple years about how these television manufacturers are making their money they're making less and less of it from the sale of the hardware and more from selling data about what and how you're watching and an article specifically in the New York Times last week talked about how difficult it is to be a company that's selling gadgets like phones and televisions these days and, and then still yeah, it's staying not just, competitive. It's not just about the hardware anymore. like They're having to find these other avenues to make money, right? To make income, exactly, especially with this race to the bottom for the prices uh, of hardware. And of course, you know, consumers like low prices and companies are doing their best to oblige, but they're making up for it by selling our data, uh, specifically our viewing habits. And, and Matt, I think that is a business model that I'm willing to participate in if that means I'm paying less for the devices. But I don't like the idea of sacrificing my privacy. And also, I think the thing I like the least is the fact that it's not really that straightforward of a business model. I don't know the information they have and what they're selling. And and they didn't really tell me about it when I bought the device either. Yeah, I mean, I understand why it's happening, you know, like, but this is a trade-off
1: that we should be aware of. You know, I agree with what you're saying here. You know, like, I bet most of our listeners they don't know that this is even happening. Uh, So, even if like these companies could start just doing a better job at letting us know you know, what data they are mining and, and what they're doing with that data. I think that would go a long way. As more companies are using this data to defeat to us targeted ads, we'll just have to see how much we're actually swayed when the exact item that we were just thinking about buying <laughs> when it pops up on the screen... Um, because here's the thing: if you if you take action and make that purchase, then well, you know maybe the trade off wasn't actually worth it after all. Because I can say that like, oh, I'm not swayed
0: by whatever ads pop up, but like, you know, I bet a lot of people are saying that. You know, <laughs> everybody thinks that they're not influenced by advertising, but we all are to some degree. And, yeah. and maybe not as much as the advertisers think we are, but advertising exists for a reason, and it's a multi billion dollar industry for a reason. Most of us are influenced in in one way or another.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, in the end, I feel that I am personally just totally okay with them um, <laughs> mining my data. I mean, the fact is, like, if you use Facebook or Google, you're giving up way more information. You know, to those companies, than your TV is when you watch real TV for you know, occasionally you know throughout the week. And so I understand folks who are wanting to take a more principled stance, where they're like, no, like I don't want anybody to have my data. But I guess the question I'm asking myself right now is, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I mean, they they know like a few of the shows that we watch, like that doesn't overly concern me. You're not at, you're at not least nervous not to, yet. You're not
0: nervous that it's going to leak that you've been watching Golden Girls on repeat like for years now. They'll just see that Kate and I've been watching WandaVision,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is the new Marvel Marvel TV series, which has been really weird, by the way. Uh, I I like weird stuff, so I might check it out. Yeah, It's like Twilight Zone-esque or whatever, but with
0: Marvel characters. (laughs) All right, well, I'll put that on my list. But we've enjoyed it, yeah. Um, All right, let's move on from TV. Let's talk about uh, one of the worst companies in the world. Ticketmaster, and it, it makes me think of this, this blog that Consumer Reports. This episode
1: brought to you by Ticketmaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th-
0: there used to be a blog of Consumer Reports called Consumerist, one of my favorite websites ever. It was like a younger version of Consumer Reports that was like maybe a little more snarky, mm-hmm. and they used to have a competition every year: the worst company in the world. And Ticketmaster often made it to the top of the list. Not, not <laughs> yeah, I don't think it ever won number one status. That was reserved for the likes of like Comcast, <laughs> oftentimes. <laughs> yeah. But, but it was just kind of a fun. Competition. And there was a story in Wired that reported that Ticketmaster has agreed to pay $10 million in criminal fines after they admitted to using stolen passwords and other confidential information to gain access to their competitors' private information. So uh, someday, once we're back going to events and live music, I just want to put this out there for you and I and for all of our listeners to remember. Just remember, how bad Ticketmaster is, and don't get tickets from them, if at all possible. Go instead directly to the box office. I feel like Ticketmaster is a company that's taken advantage of consumers for years now with exorbitant fees, and now look at what they're doing to their competition. They're not just trying to beat them, but they're trying to cheat them.
1: Yeah, they are the worst. <laughs> and plus, it's just fun to go to the box office. I feel like, like I, I like going there in person, picking up a ticket. It makes me kind of feel like a live in a small town,
0: <laughs> even though we live in Atlanta. And you, you, usually do are able to avoid some of the some of those fees when oh, you yeah. go directly to the box office. Not always. Sometimes they still charge them, but yeah. uh, most of the time you are, and it's totally worth the drive <laughs> or whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm willing to take
1: a principled stand when it comes to Ticketmaster yes. for sure. All right, let's let's talk about Airbnb. Uh, be careful if you are in the short-term rental game. Uh, Our city here in Atlanta is considering banning short-term rentals altogether. While in reality, it's more likely that just a meaningful tax on short-term rental income will be instituted, it's important for folks nationwide who who either currently rent out a spot on Airbnb or VRBO, places like that, right? Verbo, I should say. (laughs) They they did the rebrand. But it's important to have a backup plan if short-term rentals are disallowed where you live, or if a tax increase makes it far less favorable. I know here for us, it took less than a year for us to realize that, like, you know, I don't think the the Airbnb thing is going to work out for us. And we were certainly looking to kind of broaden our options as to what we're going to do with the space that we are now recording in. But this is important because we don't encourage folks to have 100% of your income based on something like based on a single company or an app uh, that could change the rules depending on where you live. I'm thinking about like Lyft and Uber. If you drive for one of those companies and you're out in California, last year, you're probably sweating bullets as they were considering banning Lyft and Uber altogether from the state. That didn't happen, but it very well could have. So it's important to look beyond you know some of these specific, I guess, Confined ecosystems that
0: we find ourselves, you know, maybe doing some of these side gigs within. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who are renting. Their a home through Airbnb. They're excited to make more income. We talked about that with Siona McIntyre back in episode 253: How to Successfully Rent Out a Property on Airbnb. But I do think, Matt, yeah, one of the things people need to take into consideration is what our state and local governments doing, and also too, how many eggs am I putting in one basket? (laughs) You definitely don't want most of your income to be tied up with one company and be beholden to its whims. So, yeah, that that is especially if you live in Atlanta. Now, that's something you're going to want to have on your radar. But all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want show notes and links to some of the stories that we mentioned, well, that'll be up on our website at howtomoney.com.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we'll be back here on Monday with a new episode for you. We actually are going to have our first repeat guest on, a, on an Interview Monday episode, our uh, friend Laura Vanderkamp. She's a productivity and time management expert. And she has some great thoughts and advice if you are looking to be more productive, especially when you are working from home. So be sure to check out that episode here on Monday. But Joel, that's going to be it for this one, bud. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
0: Moplay. play